Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. What's up, nerds? This is Deej Penalo here from the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast Network, and I'm here to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nerd Talkalypse Podcast Network. If you become a patron, you pay as little as $1 per month, recurring. That is $12 per year billed monthly. That is less than pennies a day and hardly noticeable when it comes out. That is less than you pay for a coffee or a Coke. Now listen, when you do this, you gain access to an exclusive patron-only RSS feed. You can add that RSS feed to your favorite podcast player. That will be the home of the Nerd Talk Lips podcast bonus shows provided by individual hosts within our network. That being... Robert and Colton from Virginia Geekums, me or Lane from Nerd Talkalypse. That is a really dope deal, guys. We're working really hard to provide you guys more content from within the network. And this will include other Patreon exclusive shows. Head over to our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash nerdtalkalypse. We have a group for the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast Network. You can join Bridging the Geekdoms, all that good stuff got a lot of stuff coming so if you could consider maybe heading over to patreon.com slash podcast network and just putting a dollar on the line every month that would be extremely helpful hello sir what can i do for you howdy there partner i'm in the market for one of them new internet radio show t-shirts i hear so much about on them applications t-shirt you say yeah one that'll catch the eye of my lovely lady friend what I think I may have something right up your alley. Oh, do tell! You see, we have this awesome Hanes tagless tee with the slick logo of Nerd Talkless Podcast Network on the front with all the awesome shows listed on the back. Nerd Talkless Podcast, Fandom Vibe, and even Bridging the Geekdoms. Well, I'll be a horse's patoot! That's right, and you can get that all for the low cost of $17.99 at teespring.com, as well as coffee mugs, stickers, tank tops, and hoodies. I'm going to have to get me one of them stickers for the back of my pick-em-up truck. <laughs> That's excellent, man. Just log in to teespring.com slash shop slash network and order yours today. Yeah! But wait, why did I walk into a store if you're going to send me to a website? is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. What's going on, Nerd Enthusiasts? This is Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, episode 89, and we're here with Lane again. And it's been the, geez, man, it's been since Deadpool 2 since we did a show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are here with Lane. He is, he is a member of Nerd Talkalypse. So that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a while. This is like since May 31st since we put out an episode, so it's been like a solid month since then but this is episode 89 and we're talking about solo primarily today but we have a few things uh, to talk about first um, 89 like the age i like my women <laughs> the age you like your women huh yeah you like them like you like your coffee strong black and sliding down my throat but with a little bit of cream in it now <laughs> with a little bit of cream in it and 89 i like knee titties <laughs> You like eight, 89 year old cr- creamy black woman. Patella titties. <laughs> oh, good God. Can uh, you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. You're good to go, man. I can hear you fine. Nice. 
Yeah, so for those of you who may have forgotten, we can't really we have no means of doing the show together, so we we have to Skype in still until we figure out a better option. I think I have one figured out, but and it's just a matter of getting together and doing it. Right. But so like I said, we're going to do a very very late review for uh Solo Star Wars story. And we have a little bit of announcement. So the first thing on the docket here is... But we're not doing it solo. We're doing it together. That's right. That's right. We're not doing it Han style. But it will be... Um, <laughs> All right. So the announcements here. So uh, since this is the first podcast since Deadpool 2, um, maybe some listeners might not know what's going on. They've seen five episodes of the Fandom Vibe hit our, our uh, feed and are probably like, what the fuck? So the Nerdtalklips podcast is I've networked it out. So now we, we added we added uh, bridging the geekdoms with Robert and Colton. They're you know a Pittsburgh podcast full of geekery and, and they bring you content from music to comics, all in one little delightful show. Um, Lane and I are gonna do like just movies, and then when we have news, we'll do the news too on those episodes. Um, and then I do now the Phantom Vibe, which is like a weekly, like I guess two. Two twice a week here and there to keep up on just news, so the episodes are really short. Um, right. I just kind of you know throw a bunch of headlines out there and briefly mention what's going on in them, just to keep everybody up to speed. That way, whenever you and I do a show, we can you know get more in depth with news whenever whenever it is there. Um, but right now, everybody's gearing up for San Diego Comic Con, so the news is super quiet. Right, and there will be a bunch of news after that, I imagine. Yeah, now the only thing that I do know for sure is that um, Marvel is not going to San Diego Comic-Con. Like, What do you mean? Like, they're not going to be part of it at all? No, like, they, they won't have any content to... They're not going to put out any trailers. They're not They're not even going to go, I don't think. They might go, I, I but they don't have anything planned for Hall H or anything like that. They don't. There's not even a D23 Expo this year. Mm-hmm. And all of that is an effort because since Infinity War is is like a, effectively a two part movie, they're trying to keep everything super DL. Right. And I mean, it's already it's already come out today. Like, well, well, what was it? A couple days ago, Tom Holland announced that you know the name of of the Spider Man sequel, and everybody was like freaking out. Just just yesterday or today that there's like set photos now of him on set, which confirms something. Obviously, like he's obviously not dead. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I read something somewhere that said that Spider-Man is going to be dead forever or something. Spider-Man and Black Panther is dead forever. But I'm like, and what? Doctor Strange. But then the very next day they announced the Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and we know there's going to be another Spider-Man, so that doesn't make sense. Right, and the the name of the Spider-Man movie is Far From Home, which is interesting. It's the second the second movie in the series, and it's also got Home in the title, which is very intriguing. Hmm. So I don't know, but the, yeah, there's been photos of Tom Holland filming it on set. They just started filming in London yesterday. So that's going to be very interesting. Um. For anybody who's listening and is like, "What the hell is that noise?" That would be Lane messaging on his phone. Um, oh, can you hear that? Yeah, but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just like little like uh, bassy things. But anyway, so uh, to continue this little bit of announcement here, you can join. We now have a public Facebook network for the Facebook group for the network. Uh, you can get all the updates on there. Uh, Bridging the Geekdoms posts their stuff on there. You know, every episode that we do gets posted on there. And now we have, there's some merchandise that exists for the network specifically. It's got all three shows listed on the back and the name of the network on the shirt. So you can get one of those rather inexpensively. They're like $15.99 or something like that. I believe there's hoodies and, and uh, stickers and mugs and all sorts of shit. But yeah, so that's it for the announcements. That's some exciting stuff that's going on. So we can go ahead and move right into the non-nerdy recommends. Or nerdy slash non-nerdy recommends. And uh, I believe the first one on the docket is finally that Lane has watched The Greatest Showman. And this is exciting because I couldn't wait for him to watch it. For oh, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Me and my girlfriend watched it and we were like, the beginning of it, we're like, oh, great. A fucking, I was like, is this a fucking musical? Like, we hate because we both hate musicals. They're, they take you out of the movies kind of. Um, but 
So we were like, all right, fuck it. And then so like, we watched the whole thing, and then now Britney can't stop singing the fucking songs all the time. She <laughs> sings the other side like every time, I, every day. It's crazy, man. It's it's just one of those movies that just tr- totally traps you. Oh, it's great. The fucking the movie is perfect. Like the the cast was perfect. The the, the video, like the cinematography was freaking amazing. Some of the best I've ever seen, I think. Oh, I like, agree. That scene where they finish singing the other side, and then uh, he walks out, and that slow motion hits when he makes eye contact with. Zendaya's character, yeah, it gives me the chills. And just like they did that perfectly. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a, it's a very well done movie. I know we talked about it in great detail before, whenever I watched it, but that definitely, it's definitely in my top five favorite films. I know it might not land there for for you, but I freaking love it. So I got, I yeah, it was good. It was the songs, the songs are awesome. Like I downloaded it all on Spotify, which is awesome. Oh, I listen to it at least once a week. Totally worth it. So then, so listen, I started watching Super Troopers 2 last night. Did you? I did, yeah. You didn't I, finish it? No, not qu- not quite, but what I did see of it is very interesting. Was it, did it hold up? Um, it, I guess I'm going to have to see that, how, how the movie ends, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scenes that, that I thought were really funny, and then there, it, it's totally, it totally has uh, sequelitis, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it felt very much like uh, like Anchorman 2 kind of felt. Oh, I liked Anchorman 2. I liked Anchorman 2 as also. I, I, like I said, it, it, it also has sequelitis. Like, you, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to make, you know, to, to make themselves hold up. And it does to a certain degree. But some of the stuff I'm just like, this is like, it looks really new. And I think that might be a... Definitely, definitely funny for what for what I had seen at the in during that time. I, I I'm very curious to see how the movie ends. But dude, like uh, Rob Lowe is the most ridiculous character in that movie. Rob Lowe's in that movie. Oh my god, it's so fucking weird. Rob Lowe, that that's Rob Lowe. Who who plays the guy on that? That's that's who plays fucking what's his face on Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And he's super he's super fucking bizarre in this movie, man, but it's really is, is, is he in the first one? No. Dude, like the the people that I did see in the movie, like you got like like uh Will Sasso, he's in it and he's interesting. And then all of the normal super, like all the guys from Super Troopers, obviously. And then um Who else did I see? Oh, Jim Jim Gaffigan makes another appearance in the movie. Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. Fucking weirdo. And it's just a, it's just a strange. It's very bizarre, dude. But it's funny as shit. Like, like it, it takes a minute to like get started because it's not really funny right off the bat. You can tell, like they're they're trying real hard to get jokes, but it ends up it ends up working out like a little bit later in. Well, you gotta you're gonna have to just see. Yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it. Okay, I'm done that thing now. I got that shit figured out. So, all right, let's get this done. And then, so I then after that, I restarted Parks and Recreation. Speaking of Parks and Recreation, I've been watching random episodes of that. But me, uh, Brittany is like, because Brittany loves Aziz Ansari and Chris Pratt, and I'm like, you'd love the show. Like, you know, the show's awesome. She goes, I don't know. I watched the first episode once, and I think I just didn't like it. I was like, I watched the first episode once and didn't like it either. Like the very first time I watched it, I'm like, this is kind of too stupid. But like, it's one of those ones that once you get into it, it's like it just gets better and better and better. Yeah, so yeah, you just gotta keep going. After we finish this anime we're in right now called Overlord, actually that's a recommend. I recommend Overlord anime. It's interesting. Yeah, it's about a guy that gets not necessarily uh his MMORPG is fully body full body immersion. Like he's like it's like a virtual reality type of thing. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, the servers close. You know the game ends or whatever. But he decides to stay logged in. Huh. And then when he stays logged in, the game changes and it turns into real. Oh. So he's like living inside this MMO, like as like this level 100 wizard, and he runs this entire like area called Nazareth, and he has all these disciples that were used to be NPCs, but now they think for themselves. Like you know what I mean? And it's interesting. That is and, interesting. Like, oh my god, the battle says the battle scenes in this fucking show are fucking crazy. Interesting. Huh? It, I love it. Really, in- very intriguing. It's very interesting. I think you'd like it. Probably. Uh, you, the last thing on the uh, non nerdy recommends list here is Annihilation. Lane, what did you think? Yeah, Brittany and I watched it last night. It was a uh, very interesting. We watched the trailer, and Brittany's like, "Let's watch it," because it seemed it's about 
like this military. It's Natalie Portman. She was a biologist in the military for seven years or whatever, and then, and then her husband was in there, and he went missing for a year. And then he shows back up, and then shit, you know, gets all weird. And then so they go to the the site, and it's called the Shimmer. It's like this area they they walk into, like it's like it's like a it's like a force field type thing. It's just expanding. Uh-huh. But you you walk into it, but time acts differently in there. Everything is everything's weird. Like there's like crossbreed between like alligators and sharks. Like the plant, the, there's different pl- flowers sprouting from the same plant. There's huh. like this bear skeleton wolf thing. Like oh my god, it's interesting. Like. It was so interesting and it was beautiful. Like the movie was beautiful. It was like it had like deer with like antlers, but they were plants. The antlers were plants. So like the the refraction of the light inside this place, and then I don't know. But the point is, they got to get to the where it started and try to figure out what's going on. And it was a good movie. They could have done way more with it. You know what I mean? It was one of those ones like, damn, I wish I would have done this. Like, right. But there's a scene in that movie that creeps you. These shit creeps me. That me and Brittany were like, oh, that's fucking creepy. Like, that's one of the creepiest things I've ever... Like, I would, if I saw that in real life, I would shit my pants. <laughs> I would probably what? literally shit my pants if I experienced what they experienced. What was it? You want me to tell you? Kind of. This is a spoiler. All right, this is a spoiler. Everybody, I'm going to spoil a little bit of Annihilation, just a little part. There's this one scene where they're, like, hold up, held up in this place, and this that weird big... It's like a big bear, but it has, like, a skull head. Like, the head's like a skull. It doesn't really have fur on its head. It's weird looking. Well, it takes this girl, and her name's Shepard, and, like, takes her off, and uh, the next scene, they find her dead behind a tree, so, like, and with her throat ripped out. Well, later, there's a scene where they're in, a, they're in like, a building, and this one girl has them tied up or something because she's going crazy, and you hear Shepard yelling, help me, like, in the background. Uh-huh. And then, so, that lady, that girl, like, she runs out, she goes, Shepard! And then, like, you know, you hear something, and then the bear walks in, but when the bear is, like, growling, the bear is growling in her voice, saying, help me! What the fuck? I know, like, it stole her voice from her as she was dying. And, like, the last thing she was saying was transferred into this bear, so it was, like, shouting in her voice. Like, right in, the, right in their face. Like, help me in Shepard's voice. I was like, fuck, that is creepy as fuck. Dude, like, I just got goosebumps. That is creepy, dude. That is creepy. Like, could you imagine if, like, a bear, that bear killed me, and then, like, it was, like... And then my last things would be like, die, you fucking piece of shit, skull bear. Like, you know, something like that. <laughs> that would be that's even all you, that's... scarier, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd hear, that, that just that would freak me out, man. I couldn't, that would be way too much. Yeah, that's insane. Hearing a bear, like, speak in your friend's dying voice, ugh. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. I know, it was crazy. <laughs> interesting. Very, very Interesting. Well, it's very, very it. interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I recommend the movie. It wasn't, it was one of those movies that at, by the end of it, you had way more questions than you had answers. Right. But let's just hope that they make another one or something, because I gotta know. Like, I gotta know. <laughs> right. It did very well. The reviews did really well. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best movie, but it wasn't the worst. It was just a decent, it, it wasn't a bad movie to watch. I wasn't disappointed with it, but I wasn't overly... Yeah. Like like me and Brittany were saying, they could have done so much more with certain scenes, you know, to make it more intense. Right. But either way, I recommend watching it. It's inter- Natalie Portman's a d- decent actress, so I, I don't mind it. Right. Sweet. And then I guess before we get out of here, I, I forgot I was going to mention more about it, but at San Diego Comic-Con, even though Marvel's not going to be there, I think we get a trailer for Aquaman and a trailer for Shazam. Noise. So that should be at the end of this month, and that'll be very awesome. I can't wait to see that trailer for Aquaman. Yeah, I'm down with that. Very. I'm. I'm even. I'm jo- probably just as excited to see each other for Shazam. I can't wait to see what that movie's gonna look like. I'm more excited to see that. I'm. I, I, I've always been a big Sam, big fan of Shazam. Big Sham of Shazam. <laughs> big Sham of Shazam, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be really, really cool. Shazam. But so that's not very long from now. Nope. Um, there's a couple, I, there's, I, I have yet to talk to you about it. Might as well do it right here on the show. I don't even have to edit this out. We can have a quick chat. There's a, we were talking about possibly hitting up, uh, Steel City Con. When is it? August. August? Yeah. What, what days? Not sure. It's, a, it's on, it's on a weekend, probably like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal. Okay. I'm off weekend. So that would be the, we'll have to see what kind of money we have. Yeah, 
like we were talking about hitting it up like possibly as like a as you know as a whole as a whole network and then even maybe even having Aaron Dwyer come along with me so I can do some comic book promotion as well. Right. And we can yeah, actually, that would be interesting. Actually, meet Robert and Colton. Yeah, and Brittany would Brittany would love to go to a comic con too. Yeah, and like I don't know who's all gonna be there. I, I forgot to look it up, but I know that there's gonna be you know, celebrities and. All sorts of stuff. It's really cheap. It's like thirty bucks. That's not bad. Thirty bucks for three days or something like that. Let's see if there's any information on the celebrities. August tenth through the twelfth. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ron Perlman, John Cusack, Kathy Ron Kramer. Perlman. Yeah. So I was just looking up that too. But my oh my God, I thought it was Gordon Ramsay, but it's not. It's just a dude who looks like Gordon Ramsay. Ron John Cusack from that's that's a Kathleen Turner, Michael Nesmith, Jill St. John, old Batman, Two and a Half Men, Robert Wagner. Oh, that guy, Austin Powers. He was the guy with the fucking iPad. That's interesting. Who? Steve Whitmere. The guy is that the guy that does Kermit? Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie is going to be Nadia. Interesting. interesting. John Snyder, that's cool. Who's that? He's from Dukes of Hazard, but I know him as uh, Jonathan Kent from uh, Smallville. Oh, okay. Chris Catan or whatever his name is from Night of the Roxbury. Right. Rob Van Dam, ugh, who cares? <laughs> who the fuck is that? He's a wrestler. Oh, okay. Martin Cove, the the leader of the the Cobra the Cobra Kai dojo, and William Zabka. Who's that? William Zabka, the guy from Karate Kid, the bad one, the one that I'm, remember he's the one that uh, Barney Stinson loves so much. Oh, okay. Billy Zabka. Interesting. I want to see William Zabka. I'm like, yo, dude, you're awesome on How I Met Your Mother. He's like, what? Yeah, that, ever gets that is the dude who does the voice of Kermit. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, it might not be too bad of a. Nothing super. Nobody super awesome, but still good enough. There's probably going to be some interesting artists there. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool to see. Maybe be a nice place to go interview some cosplayers and do whatever. But, okay, so let's go ahead and move right into it, then. We can go ahead and get started on our solo Star Wars story uh, review. I, I suppose if you haven't seen that movie yet, then you obviously don't care. Right. Um, care enough to, you know what I mean? So we will do a spoiler-free synopsis, and then we'll do some box office information, and then... Dude, if I was a celebrity, I wouldn't charge people to take photos with me. Yeah, I don't like know. Like, I'm already rich. Why do I need that? I don't know. I, I bet you it's the agency more than anything. But still, I tell him to fuck off. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much it costs. I don't know. But it's still ridiculous to me. I agree. Totally agree. Celebrity auto... There it is right there. I know it's expensive as shit. Celebrity pricing... Yeah, it's like the most expensive one on here is eighty bucks. John Cusack charges eighty bucks for an autograph. No, I'm sorry, Michael Nesmith, a hundred bucks. Okay, I ain't doing. I ain't gonna do that. It's crazy. Well, let's get into Solo. Yeah. All right, so. The, like I said, we got a spoiler-free synopsis here, and then we got some box office information, then we're just going to go ahead and get right into the whole movie, and then we'll rate it and do all that stuff. Or we can rate it beforehand. Right. Whatever we want to do. But All right, so the spoiler-free synopsis, it looks like uh, it says, A young Han Solo finds adventure when he joins a gang of galactic smugglers, including a 196-year-old Wookiee named Chewbacca, indebted to the mm. gangster Dryden Voss. Yeah, I wonder who that is. <laughs> The crew devised... Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> the crew devises a daring plan to travel to the mining planet Kessel to steal a batch of valuable coaxium. 
in need of a fast ship, Solo meets Lando Calrissian, the suave owner of the perfect vessel for the dangerous mission, the Millennium Falcon. And if you're already a Star Wars fan, you knew what the, you knew like the whole Kessel thing beforehand, anyway. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's gonna do it. Eleven parsec, nine part, whatever it was, twelve parsec. Thing. <laughs> and it's funny because they say it in the Force Awakens, just like the your Han Solo, the one who did the Kessel run in fourteen parsecs. He's like, no, twelve. Yeah, even like a seventy-year-old Han Solo is not. I'm still damn fucking proud of that shit. Right. Well, yeah. But now that we saw what he went through, damn right. So it's very interesting. So this movie did horrible at the box office. Like, as yeah. for a Star Wars movie, this movie did shit. And it did. So right now, as of July 1st, it is a 207,673,785. Yeah, That's not a lot, is it? No. Worldwide, it's not much more. It only did 161 million uh, in the, box, in the uh, foreign box office. So it's at... Three hundred sixty-nine million three hundred eighty-eight thousand nine hundred fifty-three. See, that's crazy to me because I was I was going into the skeptical, but I came out satisfied. Yeah. So, like, it was good. So I don't understand why people didn't like about it. That word of mouth is is a, a very powerful thing, and people just didn't weren't into the idea. I was pretty well sold on Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, like within the first thirty seconds of the movie. Oh, yeah, he was great. Like, it didn't bother me one bit. And, like, mm. Donald Glover could have fucking played Lando in every movie, for all I care. Oh, yeah, he killed it. Yeah, like, it, it was great. Woody Harrelson was awesome. Fuck yeah, Woody Har- I love his gunslinging ass. He was dope. And that dude, Johnny Favreau, fucking played the voice of that one uh, pilot, the CGI pilot. Oh, the guy with the couple, the few arms? <laughs> yeah, that was John Favreau. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Hmm. I was about to ask you, like, where the hell was John Favreau in this movie? Yeah, I was like, holy Uh-oh. shit, like, it now made total sense. God damn it. What? What do you think? Oh. <laughs> I don't know why it does that. <laughs> I don't get it. So I'll just be scrolling like normal and randomly a line drawn, and I can't scroll anymore. That's really bizarre, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> happens once an episode now. At least... It's so weird. All right. I'm ready to go. Okay. Well, so do you want to do like a... Uh, we did the box office information, I suppose. But do you want to do like the rating and review? Or do you or do you want to do the synopsis then rate it at the end? Uh, we, I don't care. It's How been do long do? enough. Like people... Usually we do the rating first, but that's right when the movie comes out. Right. Yeah, we can do the full... For 38 piece. days. <coughs> we can do the synopsis. Okay. All right. Well... We're not getting into the full spoiler synopsis, so if you haven't seen this movie, like DJ said, I guess, I mean, whatever, you should have already seen it 38 days, so it's on you now. <laughs> All right, and on Cornelia, Corelia, I mean, orphaned children are made to steal in order to survive. Lovers Han and Kira make an escape from the clutches of a local gang. They bribe an Imperial officer with a stolen coaxium, a powerful hyperspace fuel, in exchange for passage on an outgoing transport. But Kira is apprehended by their pursuers before she can board. Han vows to return for her and joins the Imperial Navy as a flight cadet. When the recruiting officer asks for his surname, Han says he is alone with no family. And the recruiter gives him the last name, Solo. I thought it was interesting that some random-ass dude is responsible for his name. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was very, very bizarre. But was, Yeah, but it was really cool. Yeah, it made sense, I guess. So that first scene in that movie, like, uh... You know, he was driving. I mean, nothing super exciting, but like that, that thing that he was working for, that big worm thing. <laughs> it's that scene was funny. He goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow up this grenade." She goes, "That's not a grenade." He goes, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> and he makes like a clicking noise with his mouth. She's like, "You just made that clicking noise with your mouth." No, I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> that scene was funny. But then he like opens the light. I guess the light fucks her up. I guess so. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, and he like. uh Oh yeah, it was really cool. It was a weird group of people that, that, or a group of aliens or whatever you want to call them that they were working for. But it was cool. It was very dark and gritty, and I I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, he he sold me on Solo within the first like thirty seconds of the movie. Whenever he was like flying and like that or that whatever you call that thing, the, that car that he was driving. Hover car. Yeah, it was really cool. When I, he, know. I was like, we're gonna make it through that thing. 
that chase scene was awesome. Fuck yeah, it was awesome. He goes, watch this, and then like they get to the end and it stops in there. <laughs> Dude, that, was so, <laughs> that was so funny. This is brilliant. Very, I love the opening scene. I thought it was perfect. Very well done. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then they get through, and he gets through, and then she gets captured, and he like yeah. steals that kid's cloak or whatever. And... Yeah. I know that. Like... The movie the movie progressed really quickly, and I liked that. And it, but it wasn't like so quickly that you didn't know what was happening. Yeah, they they got they really did get right to it. They were right to the to the point mm-hmm. so then it progresses to even three years later so he well no dude there was a couple of really fun scenes like um in the uh oh no this is during this part so yeah so three years later han is expelled from the imperial flight academy for insubordination and is serving as an infantryman on mimban he encounters a group of criminals posing as imperial soldiers led by tobias beckett which is woody played Her- by yeah woody, woody harrelson um harry whittleson uh, Han attempts to blackmail them into taking them in or taking them with him, but Beckett has arrested him for desertion and thrown into a pit to be fed to a beast, which we find out is a Wookiee named Chewbacca. I totally thought it was going to be a fucking uh, the same thing that Luke fought. Yeah, uh, a Rancor. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, really? How's he going to get out of this one? But then like, here comes fucking, and he looks so funny, wet, all, all wet and matted. No, he looked ridiculous, and then and then you get this. Um, interesting scene because Han's able to understand Chewbacca's language and he can speak yeah. Wookiee. Yeah, and he was like... That was so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it was great, but it was very interesting. Um, so Han persuades him to cooperate into this es- escape plan and then Beckett rescues and um, enlists him to the gang to shield a shipment of coaxium on Vander 1. The plan goes totally awry and the Cloud Riders show up. Which, this scene was really interesting. I liked like the the scenery involved in this, like wintry <coughs> mountainscape. Oh yeah, it was beautiful with like a train and all that crazy shit. It was very well done. And, like the way they would train would like change target and stuff. And, yeah, like change the way, change the direction. Like it would be on the side all of a sudden. They had prepared. They had like those magnet boots that was pretty cool or whatever. Yeah, and then it, and then it just they they did a really good job in this movie to finally show you like how strong a Wookiee actually is. Sorta. Kind of, yeah, I mean, well, they, they they had Chewbacca doing feats of strength that we have not seen in any of the other movies. Yeah, but then there's that one scene where they were, where like they were they were taking up they were uncoupling the train cars together, and then he was like, "You're on your own this time, buddy." And then like he was like struggling kind of with it. Chewbacca was. I'm like, it should be very easy for him. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You know, if Han can do it at all, it should be extremely. Easy, you know, I mean, but they had to do that for. Cinematic effect, but still, it should have been very simple for him to uncouple that by himself. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I do. I know what you're saying. It's just that one scene. I was like, oh, that, they, they underplayed his strength in that scene. Right. Let's see. So when the the plan goes around, when the Cloud Rider showed up, uh, led by Enfy's Nest, um, resulting in the deaths of two crew members, Rio Durant and Beckett's wife Val, and the destruction of the Coaxium, which sucked. That was a lot to go through just to destroy it. Yeah, it was, and they were <laughs> pretty much a waste. Yeah, they would have died though. I think I think Han made the right decision because I'm pretty sure they would have died. Right. No, I agree. Totally agree. I have to. And, hey, hold on. I gotta go do something with the girls. You can go ahead and read that. Okay. So yeah, there was that scene. Uh, his black girlfriend or whatever. She dies. She gets blown up. Uh, try, you know, she like sacrificed herself actually, try to to keep that from happening. She couldn't get away. Um, and then the the guy gets shot. The, one of the one of the sky riders go inside the the ship and shoot. What's his face? I don't remember his name. But they shoot him, and he's like starts going down. And that's this is when Han gets his big break as pilot. He's like he's like he's like go up on up there. And so he goes up there, and he uh, he does decently. But then they got, as they're flying away, you know, like they had one string on, they were like, they had one string on the, on the train car, and then the other people had their strings on their train car, and then they were fighting for it and fucking playing tug of war, and then Beckett was like, keep it, I'm gonna keep, no, keep that fucking load, you better keep that quacksy, and then Han's like, we can't do it, and so he lets it go, and it falls down and explodes, and they probably would have died, like I said, but, well, they get away. And Beckett seems to handle the death of his wife or girlfriend or whatever pretty well. He uh, doesn't seem too upset about it. I mean, he he just understands that shit happens. 
Okay. So then we get uh, Becky reveals he was ordered to steal the shipment for Dryden Voss, a high-ranking crime boss in the Crimson Dawn Syndicate. And that was a vision. Yes. Now, Han and Chewbacca volunteer to help him steal another shipment to repay the debt. They travel to Voss's yacht where Han finds Kira, who has joined Crimson Dawn and is Voss's top lieutenant. Which, what are the odds of that? I know, right? I, dude, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't believe that, that, it. That, that was a little bit too coincidental to me. Like, you know what I mean? That was, like, too too convenient. It, it was pretty convenient, but, I mean, three years. Like, she would have... It totally made sense to me that she would have ended up doing something like that if she couldn't find Han. Like, why not? Right. But right to where right to be where he was going to be, like, it just that was very convenient. But. It seems like more... I mean, they say that these movies are going to have... Like, they say that Solo is going to have a sequel. Hmm. You know what I mean? Which I mean, with the base off the stinger at the end of the movie, like why the fuck not? Yeah, but I don't know. They might not make the sequel based on the freaking box, the box office. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of up in the air with Star Wars right now. But Dryden Voss, uh, he's pretty pissed that they lost the shipment, and <clears throat> they're like, "What if we can get more?" Han's like, "You know, there's there's a there's a place where they make it raw. You know, they, that raw, it's raw before it's like." turn in that coaxium it's raw coaxium so what if we can get it from there and he's like well so uh what's her face kira knows somebody that could help them get there and she then leads them to a casino type area with there's like cage fighting for robots there's gambling there's drinking it's just like a typical fucking place and she leads them to none other but lando calrissian an accomplished smuggler and pilot who she hopes will lend them his ship perfectly portrayed John- by donald glover Yes, fantastically. Yes. Han challenges Lando to a game of Sabacc, with the wager being Lando's ship. Lando cheats to win, but agrees to join the mission in exchange for the share of the profits. I was like, what a fucking snake. Yeah, he cheated like a cheating ass cheater. <laughs> and I love that scene, though, when uh, he was talking to uh, Beckett, and Beckett's like, well, do, you know, you can do it for 5% or whatever it was, and he's like, and he turns around back to here. He's like, okay, I'll do it for 5% or whatever, because... Because Beck, Beck is a beast. Oh yeah. Well, I so thought. Well, I thought it was funny that that they that they actually acknowledged in in universe why uh, Lando calls Han Han. Did they say that? Well, he kind of just did it to be like a dick. Like. Oh, he's like, all right, Han, and he goes, it's Han. And he goes, yeah, okay, Han. <laughs> and he keeps doing it because he does it later in like. What the uh, Empire Strikes Back too? He still calls him Han. Yeah, probably just for. Yeah, like I wonder if they ever out. fucking knew. I wonder if they did it on accident. You know, like during the script reading. You know what I mean? Like just he just filmed it that way on accident. It wasn't supposed to say Han. But then, then, then this way was a way for them to retcon it to make it uh, a legit a, thing. Yeah, that's interesting. It could be. It could have just been the way Billy D. Williams was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." Yeah. Dude, he's rumored to appear again. Billy D. Williams is Lando in the, in episode nine. Interesting. Yeah, they say, they say he's gonna be back, which makes sense. So I'll be down with that. So like, uh, so yeah, they play the game, and uh, Lando actually you know cheats. He has that little freaking thing in his sleeve, and uh, he, so he uh, they go, you know, so he agrees to go with them. So he takes them to this fucking like junkyard. Or whatever, like a I mean, more like a police, like a uh, impound yard, <laughs> and the Millennium Falcon has a boot on it, <laughs> for a lack of better phrase. And what they so tell he, they tell Chewbacca to take it off, right? No, I'm pretty sure Beckett does. Doesn't he ask Chewie for help? Maybe I don't remember really. I know Beckett was like a. He's like you. You have experience with this. He goes, Yeah, I can take it off. <laughs> All right, yeah. But, that, but it was so cool seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time. Like, that's the first time Han saw it. And then when he was on it, you're like, yes. Yeah, so then, I don't know why they skipped out on all this, but then they go on this they, Then they go on this fantastical voyage to what is ultimately the Kessel Run. But it's yeah, the... Two castles. Yeah, and it's the, uh, the trip there that's fucking crazy as shit. Well, the trip back was what was crazy. Oh, it wasn't the trip there? No, the trip there, they... Uh, they have, oh, yeah, and we can't forget Lando's sassy-ass robot. She was interesting. Dude, she, you know what? She fucking implied that Lando and them and her had sex. She was like, he's in love with me, but I don't know. 
And we thought she... we thought she was voiced by Rebel Wilson, kind of, because she kind of sounded like her. Oh yeah, who was it? I don't know. Interesting. Well, the she implied in the movie something like they they were saying something about how like they were like, well, that work, and she's like, oh, it totally works. Which led <laughs> me to believe that like they totally could have sex. Interesting. What's the name of that robot? L. L- I'm looking it up. I'm looking up the IMDb right now. Oh, okay. Is it Val? No, uh, it's L337. Oh, Phoebe something. Okay. She just kind of acted like Rebel Wilson. You know, like... Who the fuck is Rebel Wilson? Oh, uh, Fat Amy. Oh! Okay. She's not so fat anymore. <laughs> yeah. It did kind of sound like her now that you mention it. But yeah, so the what were you saying about on their way there? Oh, that's what it was. That they were just having yeah. a chat. Well, there's a trip. You know, there's the trip. There is just a. There's one specific spot through this nebula or whatever the fuck that, that maelstrom. It was a maelstrom that you can't really travel through it because you can't see anything in it, and you could hit planets and. But there's one specific path through it. That's why the castle run is, you know, it's pretty straightforward for that. You know, that's the only spot to go through, I guess, and so. They get through rather easily. Not really an issue. But it was really cool looking, dude. That Maelstrom looked awesome. Yeah, it did. It was a beautiful... Everything about it was super beautiful. Yeah. Alright, so so after they get there, after they reach Kessel in the Millennium Falcon and infiltrate the mine, Lando's droid co-pilot, L-337, investigates... Or instigates a slave revolt, which was fucking hilarious. Well, the way they got in there was pretty genius. She acted like she was, she had Chewbacca and him as prisoner. Oh yeah, 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 that was awesome. And they let them in down deep down in the mine, and then, um, you know, they were just trying face? to get like an entire what was it like a like a, a mine cart full of coaxium, full yeah. of coaxium. raw coaxium. <laughs> but fucking uh, Beckett was like in that that. He was like in the armor or whatever. And she was like treating him like she's like stay out here, you. And he's like, well, fuck, like. Oh yeah, like the plane was gonna go awry real quick, but then she fucking handled herself like a beast. Yeah, uh, that robot was so funny. L three is awesome. Yeah, she was really cool, and she 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 instigates a slave revolt and like like un unprisons. Um, robots. Yeah, all the droids in the entire like facility, and like that's just crazy. And they all go fucking... He's like, I'm glad we took this mission. I love this. <laughs> and then, like, dude, there's a scene later on when Lando's like, um, you guys are going to believe whatever I'm seeing up here. She goes, this is an entire slave rebellion? Because <laughs> that was me. It was fucking great. And then there, this is the scene where... And this is also where we see Chewbacca's family. Yeah. Chewie meets the people, Wookie, Wookiees. The ones that were missing. He, like, sees them, and then he's like, oh, he's like, all right, you got to go, Chewie, or whatever. He goes and starts fucking shit up, dude. He's a beast. Fuck yeah, he does. Dude, he ripped the dude's arms off. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I want to know how the hell those. I want to know how those people caught Chewbacca to begin with. God damn. Yeah, right. It's just insane. So yeah, so with the help, so during as they're escaping, they steal the coaxium and they have the you know the Wookiees help push it out through the mine. Um, L three gets she gets really damaged and and oh, yeah, she gets, gets injured. Up. We're well, trying to save her. Yeah, trying to save her. Um, we can't forget, dude, when uh, that gun that Beckett gives Han, that's Han's gun. Yeah, the DL-44, man. Yeah, that was fucking, dude, I first saw it, I was like, oh! I had fangirl fucking moment, because I just loved it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I would have never known the name of that gun if it wasn't for Battlefront. So you're going to have to teach me how to how to do that. And he like, gives him that gun, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dope. I was waiting for Chewie to get his bow caster. Yeah, I was one. I was wondering know where he got that. Maybe we'll find out in the next one if it ever comes out. But. So L three, like since she got damaged, they use they they basically decide at the last moment when she finally dies to upload her navigational system to the computer. Yeah, because prior to that, she had she like relayed the information that she has information. She like knows she has a map of the entire universe or galaxy or whatever. Like right. And I, I can't remember there was some there was some review of this movie that I was listening to and they made a really good point to 
bring up um, since L three was kind of super sassy as a droid, they they brought it up. That like there's there's several scenes in the original Star Wars movies where like C three PO is like bitching to Han about the uh, navigational system of the Millennium Falcon. Interesting. And he says something like this: "This navigational system of yours really does have a mind of its own." <laughs> I never really thought about that. Which I I never thought about either. But it's 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 funny. Like it makes total sense now. I love how they like the level of detail that they go to to make things work. Totally is awesome. Like, They're explaining things I didn't know needed explaining. That's cool. Yeah, it totally works. So they hotwire it into the ship's system, and Han pilots the uh, ship through a dangerous uncharted route to elude an Imperial blockade. And this fucking, they come across this humongous Kraken-looking thing, dude. That thing was huge. Yeah, dude, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it uh, it has it has a specific name, but it's fucking crazy. It's like a planet-sized octopus. Yeah, dude, just like, th- that is fucking frightening. Like, that is some shit that, like, to the, the thought of putting an alien that doesn't exactly have its own planet, but is a fucking planet-sized being... You're just flying around just space in a maelstrom. in space? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? That's horrifying. Oh, I'd shit my pants if I saw that. Dude, I'm pretty sure I'd shit my pants if I left the planet. <laughs> like, I don't think I can handle it. I love it. I would love to go into space. Uh, it just... It, the, the, that, remember that movie, Gravity? I never watched it, but I know, I know it freaked you out. Oh my god, dude. Just like the the very the very moment that you hear Sandra Bullock and George Clooney say, it's so quiet. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like just the thought of it being quiet scared me. See, I, I have no I problem deal with, it. with like dead silence. I would love it. It freaks me out. I would love it. But anyway, so they get out of the that one little tiny the tiny little spot, and he's like, I can do this. And she goes, Remember what happened last time? <laughs> Oh, and he's yeah. like, when I tell you hit hyperspeed or whatever, and they fucking go, boo-boo, it was fucking dope, dude. Yeah, they had, to, they had to use some of the coax, like the damaged coaxium to put it in there and like fire it off. Yeah. Well, it was it was interesting because he was like, uh, she was being his co-pilot, you know, and this is the first time that Han took the rain. He's like, you go ahead and fly it. And I was like, oh my God, the first time he flies the Millennium Falcon, it was awesome. And then, yeah, it was so, and dude, you want to know what's even, even funnier? It was a little on the nose, but... I thought it was it was very interesting. One of the uh, one of the before this movie came out, one of the famous quotes of Han Solo was, uh, I, you know, "I've got a bad feeling about this." Yeah. But in this movie, he says, "I've got a great feeling about this." Yeah. No, he changes. Right, <laughs> right when he grabs the Falcon. See, but then uh, she was his co-pilot first, and then like she's like, "All right," and then like uh, Chewie knows what's going on, so he he takes over. And he goes, "He's like, he's like, you you can do this." Is this when he tells him how old he is, or was that before? No, that that was right whenever he that was that was right then when he tells him that. He's like he's like, man, you look good. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how old are you? One hundred and ninety six years old. He's like, you look great. That, For some reason, I thought it was when they funny. were on the that in the beginning, pretty much when they were on that railing when they first escaped that planet. I thought that's when he said it. But... No, when Chewie takes a shower. Oh, when him and Chewie take a shower together, dude, that was so fucking funny. He's like, do you have to stand so close? <laughs> Like you have to be in here right now. Like I was laughing my fucking ass off when I saw his feet come up right by his feet. I was like, oh god. <laughs> it's fucking funny, man. So they get to Sabarine, which seems like kind of like a slavish or like a not really slave planet, but like a uh, Aboriginal Aboriginal third world country type planet. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, the planet where Ray was from. Yeah. Can't remember the name of it. Jakku. Everybody just seemed really down and it was very crappy and but they can apparently they can process the coaxium there, so Yeah. So they get it out. This so I went pee during this part of the movie, but like um there was is this where they get is this where the like the pirates show up or whatever and he starts like saying like I got a whole blah 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 of people in Do you not see that scene? I saw I walked in right whenever he was saying that. Oh yeah, yeah, because they, they they're they're getting it processed or whatever, and then that's when the Enfys the those pirates show up, and you know they're standing there, and then uh, Han comes out. He's like, "I got this." He's like, "See that ship over there?" 
like, I got at least 100 armed men in there just waiting for my command. He goes, all I got to do is this, and they'll come out anytime. And then the ship, like, gets up and, like, flies away. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, and he like backs up. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was so <laughs> fucking funny. Interesting. This movie had so many funny moments, but not so not too much. Like, it was perfect. Yeah, very well done. So, so like, where are we so, at here? Yeah. During the confrontation? Yeah. Is it me who's reading? I mean, you read the last one, sort of, but we didn't really read it, so you can read it. Okay. So this is during the confrontation uh, with Enfys, who tracked the uh, the team from Vandor, Lando flees in the Falcon. Asshole. Uh, Enfys explains to Han that she and her crew are not pirates, but rebels trying to prevent the syndicates of the Empire from gaining power. Han begins a, or becomes sympathetic to their cause and tries to trick Voss, but Beckett has already alerted them to the double cross. Voss uh, sends his guards to kill Enfys, but the Cloud Riders overpower them instead, leaving Voss defenseless. Having anticipated Voss's strategy, Han tries to take Coaxium or take the Coaxium, only for Beckett to betray Voss, escaping with it and taking Chewbacca as hostage. Kira kills Voss and sends Han after Beckett. Once alone, she contacts Voss's superior. Fucking Darth Maul. Darth fucking Maul, dude. What the fuck? Did you ever read... What's the timeline of this movie compared to the others? Uh, Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, we see Darth Maul as a hologram. And I was like, I love Darth Maul. He's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, she kind of lies to him, though. She, she informs him of the mission's failure and claims Voss's position. She avoids speaking to Han's involvement and said blaming everything on Beckett. So Beckett's at fault, and she didn't admit to killing what's-his-face. So she she pretty much lied to Darth Maul. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking lie to Darth Maul. Jesus. No. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing it is robot legs. So this has to be after episode one, at least. It says here, let's see. The Star Wars saga famously takes place a long time ago, but trying to pinpoint where each movie fits in your overall timeline can be as difficult as making the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. While we've known since its inception that Solo, the new anthology film depicting the exploits of young Han Solo, takes place sometime before the original trilogy, the Ron Howard-directed installment doesn't offer up any dates. Or does it? Let's see. The Star Wars timeline simplified. First, we can place the nine previously Star Wars movies in chronological order. So it goes Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. See, so let's establish the dates. So classic Star Wars was 1977, where Luke blows up Death Star um, with the help of Han Solo. Hold on. This is being. This is weird. It's a weird ass fucking article. Um. So it looks like they're saying that Solo takes place before Rogue One and after Revenge of the Sith. It says something about so, ten years. Was Revenge of the Sith the third one or the second one? The third. The second one was Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah. So I knew it was after the third movie, because Anakin was starting to become Vader at this point then. Anakin would have already been Vader. Yeah, he would have just been become Vader. Yeah. So it says, the novelization, Star Wars novelization says that Han is ten years older than Luke. So at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Luke was a baby. So ten years after Revenge of the Sith then? Yeah. That's when this movie takes place. That's what they're saying, I guess. When how when did how far did Rogue One happen after Revenge of the Sith? Well, I guess he was already established as Darth Vader at that in that movie, so it could ten years doesn't seem impossible. Yeah. And that, I mean that. Well, no, Rogue One would have to have been because because Rogue One goes right into A New Hope, like fifteen minutes. So, so apparently Luke, and, Han and was Luke, 19 when he meets Chewbacca. Yeah, so Luke was Luke and Leia were like 19 years old in an episode in the very first in A New Hope. So, so A New that, Hope happened right after this. A New Hope happened no, 10 years after Solo. Then that means they're 29 years old. Because if he was 19 in Solo, why would he be 19 10 years later? 
Well, he's no, no. Luke is ten. He's ten years older than Luke. So yeah, Han would have been like thirty-nine. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. And Luke and Leia were like nineteen. Okay. So that totally makes sense. So after Revenge of the Sith, and then Rogue One, and then Star Wars. Well, all right. I accept. Fucking wild, but yeah, that totally makes sense. For context, it says Luke Luke Skywalker is seven years old. Yoda has been alone on Dagobah for seven years. Jin Erso is one year removed from seeing her mother murdered and her father captured. Okay, so that's interesting. So yes, then Maul would be well established because this is way after Episode One. So, right, and then and well, and we have to remember that Darth Maul has an entire fucking series arc in uh, the Clone Wars TV show. Right. No, I mean we knew he wasn't dead because he comes back with like uh, cybernetic legs. Yeah, and his brother and all that shit too. So this takes place d- during all that storyline, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love seeing Darth Maul. His his lightsaber looked a little different. It was still that double sided one, but it looked it had little differences to it. Yeah, like a handle and shit. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Keep himself from getting cut in half again, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> it's possible. I'm sure he's probably fucking like freaked the fuck out. So uh, I guess we'll get into his last one. Uh, Han catches up to Beckett and confronts him. They have a little on conversation, and Han shoots him first before Beckett can shoot at him. And with Beckett's dying words, he tells Han he made the smart choice because he would have killed him. They made Han shoot first, finally. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, Kira leaves in Voss's yacht to meet Darth Maul wherever he said to meet her, meet him, while Han and Chewbacca turn the Caxium over to Enfys. She offers Han a chance to join the rebellion against the Empire. When he declines, she gives him a vial of Coaxium, enough to buy a ship of his own. Han and Chewbacca locate Lando and challenge him to a rematch in Sabacc. And you can see, like, when he shakes his hand, he steals that card out from his sleeve. Yep. I love, dude, I love, because in that scene, when Lando's playing cards, you know, he's all smiley and big old smile, and then as soon as he sees Han, his smile goes, oh. Like, I loved it. <laughs> it's dope. Uh, so, Han wins. Having stolen the card, Lando was keeping up his sleeve in order to cheat, and he and Chewbacca leave for Tatooine, where a big shot gangster is putting together a job, which I'm pretty sure that was... Jabba. Uh, La Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, totally has to be. So then the sequel is probably going to be that, and then it'll probably lead into... I I bet you if they do a sequel, it'll probably be that that story, whatever he did with Jabba the Hutt. Right. And then at the end of the movie, we'll lead him to be like, I need a drink, and then go into the fucking bar where he meets Luke. Right. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That that's that's the only way I could see it happening, unless they do like a trilogy. But I I couldn't see that happening. No. But there was no after credit scene in this movie or anything. No. Totally worth. It. I liked it. I like what they did. I, I like at the very beginning they didn't have like an opening crawl. They just kept that blue font going and like give you the give you the story like that. It was really interesting. Yeah, they didn't do the crawl in the beginning. They just do. They just doing. They're keeping the crawl just for the, uh, the main ones, right? Yeah, and I, I believe, I don't know personally. I don't have any information about it, but there's like, I mean, there's nine Star Wars movies in the works right now. Ugh. You know, what I mean, there's fucking. Well, there's Episode Nine, and then they have whatever anthology films that they were planning on. They have the the Obi Wan and the Boba Fett movie, and then they have two. Um, two trilogies. That are totally different, like totally new trilogies. Interesting. Like not they they aren't even following like the same like a different part of the galaxy totally. So who the <laughs> fuck knows where they're gonna go? But the the two dudes who make Game of Thrones are doing one of them, and then like one whole trilogy, and then the fucking dude who did Last Jedi is doing his own, which I'm sure is gonna be nice and fucking shitty. Right. So I guess we'll have to see how that fucking goes. But yeah, dude, I get. I, I mean, I this movie deserves at least a solid seven for me. Yeah, I give it a seven, seven and a half. 
yeah, I didn't really have that many problems with it. And it made me laugh and I enjoyed it. But like that fucking just for that just for that moment alone, like with Darth Maul, like it, dude. Well, yeah. If I had to give like a short list of characters that I thought may or may not appear in this movie, that would have not been even on my fucking radar. Right. And like I even had it spoiled for me, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like I couldn't wait to see it. Like I wasn't even mad that I had that spoiled for me. I was so fucking stoked. All right. So I, I was totally all about it. Couldn't wait. But yeah, I don't know. You got anything more to say about it? Not really. Sweet. Well then, I guess. What do we got up next? Shit, man. We don't, we don't have. Oh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That's what I was gonna. Yeah, wait. That's the next nerdy movie coming up. Yeah. So we'll try to get we'll try to get that done sooner than we did this one. And then we'll uh, figure it out from there. Right. And then after that, dude, we don't have jack shit until November. Oh no, I'm sorry, October. We have we have Ant Man and the Wasp, and then we have Venom. Well, yeah. And then Fantastic Beasts and Aquaman. That that'll finish off the movie or the year. It'll finish off the movie. But yeah, so we'll figure that out, and then maybe we can get some more. Maybe maybe yeah, we're definitely not going to make it to a hundred episodes. Oh, maybe we have eleven more episodes to make it to a hundred for the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we we'll try it. our hardest. I think we can do it. Episode 100, we can do something special. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it. I'm good, man. I'm good. That's good for me. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. And then we will uh, stay. keep yourselves posted. We'll, we'll be back with more stuff. <laughs>